are listening to The Sizzle on Iron Skillet Radio and Iron Skillet Television. You know what it is. You know who's in the building. You know what we've come to do. It's The Sizzle. We're coming to bring you the hotness, baby. We bring you all the smoke, all the fire, everything that you need to know. We bring it to you. He's Jay Sizzle. I'm G Sizzle. You know who's in the building. But before we get started, make sure if you have not liked, subscribed, and shared this information, please feel free to do that. Hit the button. Hit the subscribe button. If you want to find us, you can always find us at hashtag Iron Skillet Sports. You can find us on any platform, anywhere you get your good information. There we are. You know we're exclusively here on YouTube, and you know you can find us at any, any place you get your podcast we're there so listen jay let's talk about it man let's talk for a few seconds about the chicago bears and their defense we always talk about leadership in football we talk about leadership in sports but when it comes to the bears let's ask the biggest question if number 52 khalil mack is not the leader of the defense who leads this defense well, I think the most impactful person on the defense didn't play last year. Mm. And that's Eddie Goldman. You know, it's funny. We this keep hearing guy, that about him. We keep yeah, hearing that about him. Yeah, this is the guy who does all the dirty work in the middle. Okay. And we saw the Bears, who in 2018 and 2019, they ranked first and ninth respectively in rushing yardage allowed. And in 2020, that ranking fell to 18th overall. What was the mitigating factors? I mean, we do find out that Chuck Pagano was there. Rokon Smith was inactive for the last four games of 2020. Mm -hmm. I'll give you all of that. But the biggest thing we noticed, you had a spectacular Khalil Mack when he first got here. And then we had the Khalil Mack where we had to send out an Uber driver with a St. Bernard with a flask up underneath him to try to find him oh. because we literally were going quarters without Khalil's Mac name being called because he was being double and triple teamed over there because they couldn't have any other problems with that interior because they couldn't get that push from the inside. Mm-hmm. Now we'll see Eddie Goldman coming back and maybe we'll see the mashed potatoes of the midway become the monsters again. Hmm. Interesting. So what does that say about Akeem Hicks? I mean, we, we talk about the leadership, but I always thought Akeem was a leader. Is he not a defensive leader or is he just not enough to keep the thing going right now? Well, I, it, you got leaders who lead by voice and who lead by action. Mm-hmm. I think Akeem Hicks is a guy who leads by action. But he's not necessarily your rah-rah, boom bah guy. He's not necessarily the guy that's going to rally the troops up and let's go out here and have at it. He really reminds me of one of those Delta Force guys. You know, they, they, they learn as a team, they go out as a team, but you send them out by themselves. You send them out in, team, in small teams. And they're not necessarily locked in with the entire group that they're going into attack with. Akeem Hicks is by far one of the best defensive linemen the Chicago Bears have ever had. The problem with Akeem Hicks is, it's just like Khalil Mack, they are great in one-on-one situations. They'll eat up double teams, but they are not Aaron Donald. Let's put it this way. They are not Aaron Donald. It don't matter what happened. Whatever you do to Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald is going to make an impact on that game. If Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks start getting doubled, start getting tripled, start getting chipped, 
they go away. Now, with Eddie Goldman on the way back, especially refreshed, this whole year now, you're talking about now, you're talking about a guy has all his nicks and dings and babies and boo-boos and always, all of them are healed up. He's probably stronger than what he was a year ago. He's probably quicker than he was a year ago. So you're going to have a resurgence in the middle. If he can stay healthy, you might see this defensive line be the defensive line like what they all were back in 2018. So we're literally saying the problem is at this point, they just haven't had that glue guy that pulls everything together. And you're saying to me that Eddie Goldman is that glue guy that pulls this whole thing together. Well, he, he's your Steve McMichael. Okay. All right. Okay. Do, uh, we're, 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 we're the Bears, we're, we're the Bears have been the 1985 Bears without Steve McMichael. And we know Mongo is going through some really tough uh, medical situations going on right now. Um, and so we just, you know, uh, just prayers out to him and his family. You know, Mongo was always a straight shooter, straight out of Texas. Mm -hmm. But this was a guy without Mongo in the middle. We, we talk about Dan Hampton. We talk about all the other guys, the special guys out there. But without Steve McMichael in the middle – we don't have that dominant Chicago Bears team like we would have because of Steve McMichael in the middle making that that push up the middle like Eddie Goldman gets. That A-gap gets shut down, and now those quarterbacks can't step up into the pocket. And that's when Khalil Mack and those guys are dangerous because they can keep rushing and rush to a point because they know the quarterback is going to be there because Eddie Goldman has both of those A-gaps sealed up. That's how important I think Eddie Goldman is. He's on par with the Steve McMichaels and even the Dan Hamptons of the 1985 Bears. So we talked about the – let's talk about that 85 Bears since we're, we're there. What part – we talked about Mongo, and but we didn't talk about Richard Dent. What part did Richard Dent play? Is Khalil Mack like Richard Dent? Is he like a new age version of Richard Dent? No. What, is, what, what was that thing that Richard Dent did? Okay. So Richard Dent really made his bones because he was able to attack tackles one-on-one. -on -one. Mm. And he was long. You got to remember, Richard Dent is a big guy. Mm -hmm. He was long. He was quick off the ball. And he was very good on the run. People don't realize Richard Dent was a guy. You could not run at Richard Dent. Richard Dent played the run and played the – uh, pass equally as well. But he is not the physical specimen that Khalil Mack is. Mm -hmm. Khalil Mack is far more powerful than Richard Dent. If you do not double Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack is going to get home. He's coming home. I I don't see too many tackles in the NFL right now who can single up on Khalil Mack. We know it's third and eight, and they're going to throw the football, and you're not going to get a chip out the backfield, and that quarterback's going to go back there and sit back in a five-step drop. That ain't going to happen. He's got to get the ball around. So I think Khalil Mack is, is by far a better um, specimen and I would say a better football player than uh, just because speed, overall power, just impact on the game. But the problem is right now, the one thing that uh, Richard Dent did have over Khalil Mack, he was bigger. He was a bigger guy. He was a he was more stout guy, so he wasn't getting as nicked up as, as much as Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack's game is really based on his weight room work. And so we see Khalil Mack because he's a smaller guy. He starts getting eaten up a little bit. But it's amazing to me how uh, Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald are literally built the same. I think Aaron Donald might have him about 20 pounds, but you don't see Aaron Donald getting nicked up as much. It's always interesting. Yeah, I – I don't know what Aaron Donald is. He's kind of a, a force of nature. If you had to classify and say what Aaron Donald is, what is it that you would say 
if you're scouting about Aaron Donald? What is that? What is Aaron Donald? Scary. Run away from him. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Playing. Don't go. Don't don't go out there. I mean, Aaron Donald is just that quintessential guy, that player that – Remember, I don't remember in high, in high school, we had a team. When I, I played uh, football in Chicago in De La Salle. And you always had these great schools, the St. Rita's and the St. Lawrence's. And, mm-hmm. all, and there was always a kid on one of those teams that you heard about that was all world. That was mm-hmm. all everything. And he was just the baddest guy to ever walk on, on the field. And when you actually got out there, he was the baddest guy who right. <laughs> walked out on the field. That's Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is that guy. He's the baddest guy out there on the field right now. There's nothing you can do about it. And uh, he's so incredibly quick. That's the scary part about Aaron Donald. He's just so incredibly quick and powerful that he can take you all one-on-one and he can beat you off the ball too. Just amazing. I mean, he's one of those physical freaks, man, that, that, uh, and, he, and he doesn't get injured. You know, so he he's a one-off. I think you take Aaron Donald just like you take LeBron James, Stephen Curry, Another guys like that, you put them in their own category, and we talk about all the rest of the people. Hmm. That's interesting. I just I, you, we hear this so much now about Eddie Goldman and his importance. Eddie Goldman, and if Eddie Goldman's at a hundred percent, there may not be room for worrying about Akeem Hicks or anybody else. It just seems like you're you're saying now, okay, if everything centers around Eddie Goldman. Then what the hell did Cal Fuller do? What did the rest of them do? Did they do nothing, or did they all need Eddie Goldman to be successful? Well, let's let's think about this. All right, there. I'm gonna throw out two names for you, and you tell me how important they were to the defense, to the Bears' okay. defense. Let's talk about Ted Washington and Keith Trailer. Mm. Oh, good grief! Kept how important like alive. Now, we saw what happened when those two guys were not in the front of Brian Urlacher. Brian Urlacher is a Hall of Famer, but his last couple of seasons with the Bears, he did not play like a Hall of Famer because we know Brian Urlacher cannot shed blocks. Mm. He can't shed them. He's faster than you. He's bigger. He's 260 pounds. He's the fastest guy on the team, literally, when he was playing for the Chicago Bears. Mm. Now, you flip that around. Now, you have Eddie Goldman. And what does Eddie Goldman do? He keeps those linebackers clean. You get Roquan Smith running to the football. You can get um, Danny Trevathan, who, mm. you know, who plays with all heart. Danny Trevathan, I, t- I tell you what, that, that's a guy. Come walk down a dark alley with me. I'm taking a Danny Trevathan with me. Mm-hmm. But he's a guy who does not have the greatest skills. He's a very good linebacker. Don't get it twisted. But he's, he's not as big. He's not as fast. But he keeps uh, a good interior line, keeps – Danny Trevathan, even though he's not an interior guy, he keeps him clean. Now, what does Eddie Goldman do for Akeem Hicks? We were talking about that before. Mm-hmm. He makes Akeem Hicks not doubleable. Is that a word? That's another word. Doubleable? That's, that's a new sizzle word. Doubleable. Yeah, he's not because if you start doubling Akeem Hicks, now you got push from Eddie Goldman up the middle. Is Eddie Goldman going to get to the quarterback? No, but he's going to run you into those outside rushers. Now we find out is Robert Quinn the real deal? Is he is he the real deal, or should we have kept Leonard Floyd? Because we saw what Leonard Floyd was able to do with a defense that was sort of schemed around to his abilities. He had a very successful season when he left the Chicago Bears. Now we see Robert Quinn who was supposed to come in here and be the other bookend 
to this great defense, and we saw Robert Quinn, it was like, Robert who? Because <laughs> many a times you didn't hear Robert Quinn's name. Now, is it, is it a lack of effort, or was it a lack of being able to scheme him free because you didn't have the one thing you needed in the middle, and that was the stop plug, and that was Eddie Goldman. You know, it's funny, when we talk about Khalil Mack, you're talking about Akeem Hicks, it reminds me of a former Bears player. And that former Bears player was Tommy Harris. A tremendous athlete, tremendous motor, but couldn't stay not injured and needed some big boys to really help take off some pressure. When he was double teamed, triple teamed, I mean, he was a great one-on-one -on -one player, could get around anybody. But when he got jammed up on the line, when he got dub doubled, uh, there was nothing that really could happen. And I think it cut his longevity. Uh, I want to say Tommy Harris only played, what, about seven, eight years? Yeah, something like that. It wasn't – I mean, it was long, but it wasn't uh, historically long. That's, that's the wrong word I want to use. He, he he was here long enough to make to, – to, to be mentioned, but he's not in your first tier of guys when you start thinking about Chicago Bears. Yeah, he's really not. But his talent was something extraordinary. And, I mean, yeah. really, he was something – in shape, on point, when he was right, he was right. But he was never really right, if that makes any sense. Yeah, he was always – he's one of those guys who flashes. Right. Flashes, That's a good you know, one. That's a good flat, one. Yeah, he just, he just – oh, 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 my God. And then yeah. uh, he popped up the screen. From, yeah, you know. And that's what you need from these guys. That's, that's what Khalil Mack's biggest thing is that he flashes. But he flashes okay. often. Last year – he wasn't flashing this often because he was getting double-teamed the whole time. You know what I'm saying? So now you look at a, a Tommy Harris and these type of guys, you wonder these – here's the thing about the Bears and any great team. you got to have guys who are willing and able to play their roles, mm -hmm. to sacrifice their game. You saw last year um, – we saw in 2019 Eddie Goldman had one of his worst statistical years, even though he was a starter. Mm -hmm. But he was a guy that was to be considered one of the best those guards in the league. And so if you turn around and see him again this year, maybe go touch the quarterback five, six times this year, maybe seven from the nose, from the nose tackle position, get over 50 tackles, he's probably going to be all pro. Here's the question. Should teams just go ahead and say, we need a 300-pounder, maybe close to a 400-pounder at the nose, and just leave it at that? Just well, give me a tractor trailer. Give me those men. I love them. Give me them, and we'll do it. Yeah, I think here's the problem, I think, around the league. Mm -hmm. What surface are you playing on? Because mm -hmm. I think that's how you build your defensive line. If you're in uh, a, a area where you're playing on turf all the time, mm -hmm. you, can be, you can play a smaller, quicker guy on the inside because he can get off, mm -hmm. right? But if you're playing in a, in a on a field like the great uh, <laughs> Chicago Bears uh, Stadium Soldier Field debacle of a field that's oh okay, why can't they ever get that to get get that right? Every year it looks like Soldier Field is the worst uh, football surface to play on. I know high school fields that are better than Soldier Field. It's ridiculous. Every year they get tore up. Every year people come in here and complain. It looks like trash. Big divots are out of it. And, you know, you can't be build a speed team out there and you got them running in mud. 
You can't do that. So it all depends what environment you're playing in. Keith Trailer and those guys all made a big difference in the middle because they they didn't have to get off. They just had to hold the line right there. They got in there, made a little bit of a push, and they were, that was it. They couldn't be moved, and they weren't moving you. But now if you look at, at the Rams and some teams like that, like Aaron Donald, who really relies on his get off to get there first. He wants to catch you in that second step while your second step is in the air. Mm-hmm. As an offensive lineman, we know we want to get that first step into that ground and that second step into the ground, get that wide base, so now we have our balance. A very good defensive lineman is trying to catch you in that mid-step. Right. to where you don't have that step down and he can get you and get you on skates, get that foot now planted where you want to be, and all of a sudden now you're taking a ride backwards. Mm-hmm. So it all depends what type of surface you're playing on in the NFL, which really decides which type of defensive line you can build. That's why the Chicago Bears have always been in the middle. When that lovey teams were here, he was trying to build those defenses on speed. That is the reason why you saw a Brian Erlacher um, all of a sudden had those two huge guys up in the front so that you could see that he could just run to the football. But now if you start playing smaller guys up the middle, your linebackers are going to go up there and get tapped because that's what offensive linemen want to do. They want to get up to the second level. So the Bears have to decide what they're going to do, but I really don't know why they haven't decided why they can't keep their field in better shape. You know, this whole thing between the Parks Department, the city, the Bears – it's all foolishness. It's all shenanigans. It's all politics. And it's killing the football fan. Yes, you, the watcher, the one who's saying, why can't we have a good feel? Why can't we just have a good team? It's killing you, the fan. And, and, I, now, I it's like no, it. and now it's no excuse because they no. do not have any back-to-back home games. They're, 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 they're away and they come back. They're away and they come back. There are no back-to-backs in this. So now you literally have – two full weeks after the mm-hmm. – you have 13 days after the game to get that field together. So I don't want to hear about six, seven, eight games of the season all of a sudden Soldier Field is torn up again. And, you know, Mayor Lightfoot has talked about it, but the reality is that the NFL helps to push that teams stay in their contracts when it comes to stadiums, their stadium agreements. But you're looking at a situation where – Maybe at 2032, somewhere around there, when the Bears' contract runs out at Soldier Field, yeah. there may be a brand-new stadium somewhere else around the area for the Bears. Well, yeah, it's possible. I mean, I, I mean that is prime lakefoot, pro- lakefront property out there, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised that if – but here's, here's the thing about it, though. Soldier's Field, I think, is a landmark. I'm not correct. It it's a landmark so, area. Yeah, so, you so can't I don't just think you, can't down. Knock, you can't knock it down. But so wait, what are you going to put over there? Didn't they lose part of their landmark status when they put the, the flying dome in there? When they put the spaceship in there? Yeah. Maybe they did, but I, I still don't think you can knock down those pillars up in the front. I don't no, think you can I don't do think that. you can do that. But I think you can knock down the team that's in it and knock it to another place if yeah. a surrounding area says, hey, we'll get you your own. Because if you go to other stadiums around – all right, last time I was in St. Louis. So – they have their baseball stadium right outside of the city. And you go, the football stadium used to be right in the middle, right? When you get off the expressway, you look like you were driving yeah. into it. It was a terrible thing at night. But their baseball stadium is kind of like out there in the middle of nowhere. Same thing with the Cowboys. Their stadium is kind of in the middle of nowhere, but it's like the city itself. That would be so cool for Chicago. They could have a dome. So now if you want to host the Super Bowl, if you want to host some games here, 
you can do it without everybody dying and freezing to death in the cold. Yeah. Yeah, you probably could, but the question is, there's uh, some information. Jim O'Donnell mm-hmm. from the Daily Herald says there's some little bit of air, a little bit of something in the air that is possible. There's a rift going on with the McCaskies, and maybe the Bears might be going up for sale. Well, I don't play with my emotions. Don't do that right now. Don't you play with my emotions. It's too early in the morning. <laughs> so- don't play with me like this. Don't, because I'll do it. I'll, I'll help put together. We'll put together the all-star poor people's league and we will try and buy at least a one percent of the bear yeah the issue is that virginia mccaskey's still alive and while she's still alive she's not going to sign off on the signing of the bear but virginia mccaskey's 98. now i wish her another 98 years but we know not since not since noah do people live for 900 years now so we know at some point in time the great virginia mccaskey is going to not another um, 98 years sir i can't have my great grandchildren <laughs> watching this bears shenanigans yeah but here's the whole thing about it. we talked about this a number of shows ago that these teams being passed down through generations that sometimes you have these kids now who have been birthed into elitism and they've went on to school, they've went on and started their own business. And now the football team is not the main business of the family anymore. It's right. possible that these young people are saying that for a lot of teams, it's a lot of money to keep running these football teams. And it's taking it away from their from their bottom line. Mm-hmm. It's not so much that it's it's not like you're the Dallas Cowboys and the stadium and they're generating so much money for you. You're talking about the Chicago Bears, and we've seen that stadium not be filled. We've seen it being half filled. We, we've seen the situations going on there, and we've seen the McCaskies be cheap on dealing with players and, and their contracts and everything else like that. So you start wondering now, do these kids of the McCaskies, the grandkids and the great grandkids of right. Papa Bear Hallis, are they fed up with running this football team? And are they saying, hey, let us get out of here. Let's invest this money in somewhere else. And I can go to Aruba now and I don't have to have uh, all these guys from the Herald and from the Times and from all these other papers and us talking about them on the show. And now we can live a regular life and go into obscurity. Well, you know what we're going to do next time we talk on the show. When we talk bears next time, we're going to talk about trust fund babies. We're going to talk about what's really going on in Hallis Hall. Is it time to get out? Is it time to renovate? Is it time to move them or lose them? What is really going on? What's really going on? Because now that we've answered who's the leader of the defense, now we have to answer who's going to pay the leader of the defense. You know what it is. You know who it is. It's the sizzle here on Iron Skillet Radio, Iron Skillet Television. Make sure that you subscribe and like this video and make sure that you leave your comments below. Anything that you've got to say, say it to Jay Sizzle. Say it to G Sizzle. We're here. You know who it is. You know what it is. He's Jay Sizzle. I'm G Sizzle. And we will see you on the other side. Did you know that you can listen to Iron Skillet Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor? It's easy. Look for Iron Skillet Sports or hashtag Skillet underscore sports for our latest episodes. We are Iron Skillet Sports.